Hey, it's me, Tim Ranzetta, co-founder of NextGen Personal Finance. Thank you for tuning in to this NGPF podcast. Today on the show, you are going to hear from Jenny Nicholson and Jade Stoner. They are two of the creative minds behind the NGPF arcade games. We've had an incredible relationship with them over the last six years. The games they create or have created were played 13 million times last year. Pretty remarkable. We're going to talk about Crypto Craze, which recently relaunched. They're going to talk about what they were hoping to accomplish with the game. They're going to talk about their creative process. How do they go about taking an idea and getting it to a game several months later that students will love? And then we're going to talk about the future. What are some games that they're currently thinking uh, would make the most sense to continue to build out that portfolio of NGPF arcade games? So without further ado, Jenny and Jade. Hey, we are so fortunate to have the creators, the creative minds behind the latest NGPF arcade game, Crypto Craze. Welcome, Jenny and Jade. Hi, good to be here. Oh, you guys are so humble. Um, Did I tell you (laughs) that the arcade games you all have created over time, 13 million plays in the last year? What? Wow, that is amazing. I love yeah. talking to you, Tim, because every time that number goes up. Yes, it's, it's awesome. incredible. Truly incredible. So let's start from the beginning. Maybe I'll let you uh, you all introduce yourselves to our audience, um, who I know want to get to know you better because those games bring so much joy to their classroom. They bring a lot of joy to us as well. Um, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll start. My name is Jenny Nicholson. I'm uh, lucky enough to be the creative lead of the team that has made these games for so many years. Uh, we like to call ourselves a little ragged band of pirates. Uh, it's a small, tightly knit team of people who really care about making something special. And I think part of the secret sauce we've already always had is we we say we never start with what we want kids to know. We always start with trying to figure out why they would care. And I think that's been a big part of what makes it special. Yeah. I'm Jade Norwood. I have been um, one of the lead game designers and writers for pretty much all these games, all these years. And it is some of my favorite work I get to do. Yeah. So just so you all know, Jade is quite cheeky. Um, you only need to see that in the uh, the text that she puts together. So let's talk. Uh, let's go back. I think it was about a year ago. We had our first meeting to talk about this need to bring cryptocurrency to the classroom. So, yeah, let's talk original. Let's just talk initially. What what was the why you brought this up, Jenny? What was the why that you wanted to solve for uh, with crypto craze? Yeah, I think one of the things that we were seeing in crypto is there's a lot of polarity, right? People either think that it's going to be this path to generational wealth, or they think it's the worst thing that ever happened in a giant scam. So there's a lot of uh, maybe unfounded excitement, but there's also a lot of unfounded fear. It is like any other spec. It's a speculative investment, just like any other speculative investment. And there are things that you should know before you go into a speculative investment it's not a safe bet, but it's also not like the like worst thing in the world that could ever happen. And so we really wanted to make something that would, you know, as Jade said, it's not an anti-crypto game. It's not a pro-crypto game. It's this idea of this is what it's like to invest in a speculative investment. And we want to make sure that kids try it out in a safe space before they start, you know, kids and adults for that matter, try it out in a space 
safe place before they start putting actual money on the line. Yeah. And I think that a lot of resources out there, because I mean, I had to research crypto when we did this because I have no idea how it works. The like big, all the resources right now are focusing. What is the blockchain? How does that work? What's proof of work? And the like really nitty gritty details, but that's not how the average person is experiencing crypto. It's open an account on Coinbase or open one on Robinhood and use it as an investment. So I think we really wanted to focus on it from that angle because there's already a lot of resources out there. And we have peppered in some of those like vocab questions, of course, because that's what we do. But <laughs> that was our main focus. Yeah. And Jenny, you had some uh, you did some of your own market research here. Talk about your uh, relationship with crypto. Oh, Tim. Um <laughs> You know, I love I love anything new. I love anything new. I love things where nobody has figured it out before. And so I invested money in crypto. Um, I made money and I lost money. But I think the thing that's really important is that I didn't spend any money I couldn't afford to lose. Right. I always say that the same money that I'm putting in crypto is the money that I would put if I were saving to a trip to Vegas, the money that I would spend on video games or like going to movies or travel, it's 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 money that is entertainment money that like, it's not fun to lose it, you know, and anybody who invested in crypto in 2021, 2022, like likely doesn't have, aren't in the green right now, but it's not such a huge loss. Um, and then the other thing is I wanted to get into crypto because I wanted to learn about trading. It's a very, it is an interesting world. It's a, it's, you learn a lot about human psychology you learn a lot about how what moves markets. You learn a lot about momentum. You learn a lot about uh, FOMO. Uh, and so I learned a lot um, and I lost a lot. But I think the key thing is that I didn't lose anything I couldn't afford to lose. And when you see some of these stories, and they're devastating stories, stories of people who lost everything in FTX, stories of people who lost everything when you know Voyager went down, like these are devastating stories, but it's also these are people who who got out over their skis, right? Who not only put in money that they needed for other things, they also borrowed money they couldn't afford to pay back. And so it 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 does a disservice to what I think about as sensible financial education. Because if you make it sound like a boogeyman, that's all bad, kids aren't gonna listen because they have all these influencers talking about how they like, 100x their investment and they are living on a yacht and they've got fancy cars and you're on the other hand parents and teachers are like it's bad it's bad it's bad that doesn't that's not a recipe for kids embracing financial literacy education yeah i'm glad you brought up the psychology piece of it because yeah i often think when it comes to investing it's it's almost more important to understand the psychology like fomo so maybe i'll toss this to you jade how did you go about creating FOMO in the game? How did you make that a core element? Yeah, that's something we try to incorporate a little bit of into all our games, but it was probably most important here. So it helps if the game is multiplayer, that inherently with a leaderboard kind of gets people interested in what other people are doing. Um, and it says at the beginning um, that the more people invested in a particular coin, the more likely it is to succeed. Um, but what we don't really say there, and this is a little insider tip, because if you're listening to the pod, you're pretty dedicated to this, um, that on the back end, there's actually like, we have a mechanic built in place that 
um, a coin that is the least invested in will kind of go down a little bit the next round, or it won't do as well as it was supposed to the next round. Um, and same thing for the most popular coin gets a bonus on that back end that again, players don't really see it just as well behind the scenes there. Yep. So they're hyping and fudding as uh, that too. Yes. Let's talk about, I think you all are very secure in your roles, um, being creatives. Um, you've obviously been following chat GPT too. And I think that's kind of creating a lot of fear in a lot of professions, I want you to talk about, kind of lift the curtain up and talk about your creative process. How do you go about, so, you know, we have an initial conversation about, okay, crypto is going to be the game. Take us behind the scenes. How do you come up with game mechanics? How do you kind of get, how do you brainstorm in a group way? Now, the cool thing is this team has been together for so many years. um, And it's why we love working with you because I think, there's an element of this, which is you're all really creative, but I also think you've created a phenomenal team environment where you're taking the best, you know, you all trust each other and just good ideas are coming from all over, from each of you. But maybe talk a little bit about both the creative side as well as how do you how do you create this super team culture? Yeah, I think what helps is because we've been together for so long, we've taken a lot of learnings from our different games of like this worked well, this didn't. And we apply them to each game moving forward, um, either creatively or mechanic wise, or even just dev wise. Um, But we always start with a big brainstorm after we talk to you. We all get together, um, the developers and creatives and our producer, and we just kind of brainstorm. We have different um, brainstorm techniques with like post-it notes, but ultimately we look at what's the end goal? What do we want kids walk away, like taking away from the game? So um, this time it was the emotion, like we've kind of already talked about, um, that you can make a lot of money, but you might lose a lot of money. Like it's very speculative. And so we were like, it's a lot like betting, honestly. And so we were like, betting's a little taboo. This could be fun. Um, And so we go through rounds of brainstorming and then we start making what we call our paper prototype. So we start saying, okay, well, what does this look like? Do you bet? Do you have six different coins you can bet on? Do you have four? Um, how many chips do you start with per round kind of thing? And so, well, actually we had poker chips out um, and placing them on squares and all of the um, data for this one. Typically we like to use historic data when we can, like in stacks. Um, but historic data for crypto right now is just so wild and all over the place. Uh, We thought it would be better for the sake of this game to make our own, which was kind of fun. We hadn't done before. Um, So it's a lot of um, dice rolls and um, there's like an Excel Excel spreadsheet, kind of like a beautiful mind scenario. (laughs) But um, so we were rolling the dice and then like placing our bets and we would kind of just do that for several weeks and we just played it that way. And it's a lot faster to test things that rather than waiting for us to code something. So we can say, all right, everybody try giving yourselves 10 chips this round instead of five. And then you can go from there a couple of times, whereas that would take a long time to code and test. And then from there, um, Catherine, our designer, makes wireframes. And then um, which is kind of just the bare bones of what the website does and how it would function. Uh, They're very much like gray boxes. They are not pretty. And then um, our dev team works on coding that to build the structure and the back end. In the meantime, 
I'm writing it because now I've seen which places need um, like words. And then she makes the design very pretty and they kind of skin it to look pretty on the code side as well. And then we start play testing, which is terrifying. <laughs> um, we'll play test with people at work, our loved ones. And then we even sometimes get um, Tim, you and your um, squad of teachers to help us. And we love when people do that. It's a little terrifying, but very helpful, <laughs> especially to have people who haven't like figured out all the mechanics and how like to best strategize. <laughs> Um, and then from there, it's, we adapt based on those learnings. Sometimes we have to change some things around, change some wording around or some features. And then a game is born. Yeah. A game, just like that, <laughs> just like that, a game is born. I think <laughs> the point you make Jade is testing. I think that's something that we learned the hard way. There was one game. I will not mention the game. Oh, the no. team worked so, I'm not going to name the name. I'm not going to name the name of the game. The team had worked so hard so hard for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks on getting this game perfected and then like what will often happen is sort of I'm there at the beginning really helping the team decide what is the direction of the game what's the idea of the game what's the concept of the game then they work on sort of fine-tuning some of the details and then what in the past we don't do this anymore but in the past they would fine-tune everything and then there would be this ta-da moment so we sit down in this room there's a ta-da moment I start playing this game and like four minutes into the game, I look up from the computer and I say, this game's not fun. I'm triggered right now. <laughs> it was horrible. It was horrible. And to the team's credit, like, and we had only a few weeks before we were supposed to launch this game. We had to go back to the drawing board and completely redesign the entire mechanic of the game. Yeah. And the very next game was when Jade introduced, Jade was the one who introduced the idea of a paper prototype and she built a paper prototype. And once we did that, we were like, we're never yeah. doing a game differently again. And that's something that's very different. It's it's when you make something creatively, you know, when, you, when you're a teacher and you make a lesson plan, right? You're often doing it by yourself and you think you know how things are gonna go. You think you know how it's gonna get received. And I think one of the biggest gifts working on these next-gen games for us has been, is that idea of don't assume, yeah. don't think what you think is going to happen is going to happen because there's always something you haven't prepared for. There's always somebody who brings in a wild card. And so, you know, the first time we played uh, Crypto Craze, it was with a big grid of paper and we had little post-it notes that we had cut into quarters that we were using as the chips. And we were going through so many chips, we had to keep cutting oh, yeah. more and more post-it notes. Um, and that was the first way we played, but we learned so much that by the time it came to put it into sort of digital form, we weren't figuring things out. We already knew what worked. We'd already gotten ahead of like some of the issues. And we also had people play the game before it was pretty. And that's very scary because we like things to be pretty. Yeah. We like them to look good. We like to have the razzle dazzle and the music and the lights and all of that stuff. And we learned that like, People don't need that stuff to understand the joy of a game, right? It's like you think about the things that you play when you're a kid, those little like, uh, what do you call those? Oh, the fortune tellers? The fortune tellers, right? Well, it's like a little guys. piece of paper that you open and close with like scribbles on it and kids have fun with that. And so that was a big, Yeah, I think that was like, I got to give Jade big props for that. Um, got to give big props to Catherine who makes everything beautiful to the dev team, Tyler and Michael and Alana, Alana. who are so patient. They are so patient because we, I will, I'm, it, when I say we, I mean, I, 
I, oh, it's like Jade's laughing because she knows it's true. I will come in and I'll be like halfway through every time. It doesn't matter how many paper prototypes. Every time I come in and I'm like, guys, like it was about, it was showing profit on this time, right? Mm -hmm. I came in and I was like, there was that and something else. Yeah. I always do something. And Tyler is like the lead, the lead dev is always like, (laughs) you know, and that's And I also think that's what makes the team so great because you have like Jade, who is like kind of crazy, but also like very methodical. You have me, who's always going to come in and mess things up. You have Catherine, who's so great and level headed, making things beautiful, but also calm. You have Tyler, who is like very left brained, but also like very passionate. You have Maggie, God bless Maggie, our producer, who is an angel and a saint. And so that's what I think is so fun. It's like we're all really deeply committed and passionate about making these games and about making something that actually has a positive impact in the world but we all have different strengths and different weaknesses yeah and I think it's great because we've gotten to the point with our relationship with the developers that like in one of our past games we were like we'd really love like this whack-a-mole mini game and they were like ah that's gonna be really difficult like see different timers for each individual icon blah, blah blah and they're like what if it was just like click and move like you just click and the icon goes around the screen you click it and I was like yeah that's perfect that's what they need we need and they're like that would save us a ton of dev time and I'm like great so it's little things like that where we can work together to achieve the same effect that is so exciting oh I love that which also goes back to the whole goal of what we do at Nexion, right it's like you were saying at first, it's like, no, we want it to happen just like this. This is the thing yeah. we have in our mind. And then you talk with Michael and Tyler and they were like, well, what's your goal? Yeah. You know, the goal is for them to feel overwhelmed. The goal is for them to feel like they can't get it all done. And then we come to the solution where when you think about teaching financial literacy to kids, it's really easy to get caught up in like, we have to teach them what a blockchain is. We got to teach them this. We got to teach them that. They got to understand the difference between proof of work and proof of state. They got to know what an altcoin is. And it's like, no, they don't. Because that's not what they're thinking about. What they're thinking about is being able to buy their mom a house, being able to drive a Lamborghini, being like somebody, you know, who's like filming TikToks on a yacht. Like you got to meet them where they're at and find a way to pique their interest so that they'll want to hear more. And then after you do that and make them understand why it matters, then you can start getting into the details of the meat that goes into it. But that idea of, you know, if we could sort of impart anything to teachers when it comes to financial literacy is like, remember what the goal is. Now, that's a great, that's a great, that's a great point. And I don't know how many of you pick this up, though. This is when you know you've got a great relationship is when the team that you're working with refers to we at next gen. That was very subtle, Jenny, but I caught it. Um, oh, we at didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> We're all together. Our last question for you all. Um, when we started this project, I want to say, it, I think if I went back to the original meeting, it was almost the peak um, crypto. I want to say it was over 60,000. And then by the time we completed it, uh, several weeks before release, we had FTX. How did that crash play into game development? Were there any features you kind of added at the end to reflect? Um, yeah. There was actually a feature that we um, had in mind from the beginning, but it got cut just due to logistics and timing. And so when the FTX crash happened, we were like, we think we really should bring this back. This would be a great idea and a great ad. So when you start the game, you get to pick um, whether you would like to store it in a digital wallet 
And then you have to remember the passcode, which you cannot copy paste. Um, or you can choose an exchange and you can choose from three different exchanges. And then you kind of just move on. Then you kind of forget about it because you're busy trading, hyping, thudding. And then at the end of the game, it comes time of, hey, do you still have that password with that digital wallet? Because if you don't, you're not getting your money. Same thing with the exchange crash. Um, there is a very random uh, percentage chance, and truthfully, I kind of forget what it is off the top of my head, that one of the um, exchanges will go down and then you don't get your money. So, um, and there's even like a special way it's noted on the leaderboard at the end too. So it was really neat um, to work that in. Um, it was not neat to watch FTX go down, of course, yeah. but um, I'm glad we got that in there because yeah. I think it's an important lesson. Because there are risks either way, right? People lost millions in the FTX crash, but there are also millions of dollars in Bitcoin that mm -hmm. people that are just sitting there because people have forgotten the private key to get in their wallet. They don't know their seed phrase. They can't get the money out. You go on Reddit or some of these like Discord and you'll see people being like, bro, bro, somebody, anybody, can somebody help me get it out? And a lot of scammers are like, we'll help you. But I'm like, nope, there's no way. You can't, you don't find that seed phrase. You don't get it back. Um, what game would you guys like to create next? Because everybody always wants to know what's this team, this creative team thinking about? Okay, this is probably some recency bias, but I filed my taxes today. So oh. I think taxes could be interesting. Um, also selfishly practical. Identity theft also could be fun. That could be a very, that's actually a really, I know it's not quite exactly on financial literacy, but I have, as I know you have, Tim, been paying a lot of attention to some of the developments in generative AI. Um, I don't know if somebody saw something going around. Somebody made a deep fake of Joe Rogan selling some sort of like vitamin supplement that, you know, if you weren't paying attention, you could be fooled. And so I think it'll be really interesting to see how financial literacy and media literacy are starting to overlap because we live in a world where understanding what's real and what's true is going to be increasingly difficult. And the risks of, you know, right now it's like misinformation, you end up sharing a conspiracy theory um, and maybe looking dumb. But as, as sort of generative AI continues to develop, as, you know, when there's a new technology, there are always people out there who are going to try to find sneaky ways to take people's money away from them using it. That's what I always say about crypto, right? Blockchain technology in and of itself is not bad. It's people who you can't trust. Um, so it's, I think that's sort of a very interesting overlap is what happens when people start using deep fakes to try to get your personal information, to try to get your passcodes, to try to get your seed phrases. And it's really hard to tell the difference between a voice that is my voice and an AI voice that sounds exactly like my voice. How do we navigate that? How do kids navigate that? I think that's fascinating. Wow. I didn't expect those answers. That's great. So we, I guess we have a, we should schedule a call sometime in the next month and uh, start to put some of these ideas right. down. Um, once again, thank you, Jade and Jenny, for the work that you do. Um, whatever, 13 million kids last year, probably 20 million overall have uh, enjoyed your games. Thank you for, you know, really helping by creating these simulations, by creating the emotional reaction students have playing these games, really getting them more comfortable to make better financial decisions in their future. Thank you. It's a game for us, too. Yeah, I have learned so much. So thank you. A few housekeeping items before we go. We'll put links to 
crypto craze, obviously, and we'll also provide a link to the NGPF arcade games, as well as other resources that were mentioned during the podcast. You can find that on our website, www.ngpf.org forward slash podcast. Better yet, be one of the several thousand subscribers on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. I want to thank Ren McKino, who produces our podcast and the show notes every week. Thank you, Ren, for being so efficient and effective and helping people get to where they need to go so they know what was discussed in the podcast. So on behalf of Jenny, Jade, and myself, I want to thank you again for tuning into this NGPF podcast. And if you haven't, we'll give Crypto Craze a play. Enjoy! Enjoy!